Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello, listeners. How are you, C? I'm, I'm good. I am good. This week has been a good, good week. The sun, mm. the weather. Oh, it's been glorious. I've enjoyed this vitamin D. I really have. It's been incredible, is what it's been. Yeah. I'm, I'm I can so finally, glad. I can ditch the fake tan that I only started using two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice? <laughs> you know I smell what? like biscuits. <laughs> oh, I, I think you can probably get away with it more than I can, but I've always, mm. that's been like one of the things that I have aspired to do, is mm-hmm. just put some fake tan on me during the cold mm. winter months and just yeah. see myself glowing. But I've never done it. Never done yeah. it. Has it well, so not, how's it been? It's been all right, actually, because I was in um, super drug and I was like, oh, it's on sale. Why not? Everyone does it. I'm in Essex. Why not? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you get a mitt and it's the foam. You foam it up and then, like, you walk around and it dries and you can do another layer to get really dark. So I don't know what these white girls are doing because I wasn't really dark. Um <laughs> But yeah, it looks quite pleasant. Mm. I don't like wearing tights. It was mainly for my legs, but I put it all over. Uh, yeah. The skin coloured tights are either mega expensive or just make me look grey. Yeah. Like I stepped out the 1960s. Well, this is it. I always think when I when I think of skin coloured tights, I think of Miss Hannigan from Annie because <laughs> like, wasn't she wearing those <laughs> flesh coloured tights? And they're, all, they're always <laughs> saggy. Like, why is skin colour tights oh, always saggy? I don't they get stepped it. out of the 1960s. Like, <laughs> nowadays, I think of ice skaters, because they get those shiny ones, which look okay. really epic. Okay. look good if you're ice skating. Yeah. And Beyonce. Beyonce has good skin coloured tights. Okay. But she's Beyonce, and she yeah. owns the internet. So, like... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You're listening to the Women Who Rebrand podcast. Honest and humorous conversations all about the natural and individual transitional phases people experience to grow, start over or rebrand to become their most authentic selves. Hosted by former mummy bloggers Sarita Fontaine and Chioma Olalei and guest featuring professional rebranders. You can find us on Instagram at Women Rebranded. What have you been up to? Have you been watching mm, The Ultimatum? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> been watching, watched, done, oh, dusted. You finished trolled it? Trolled them all on um, social media. Yeah, I finished it. Um, I had to. Like, I couldn't start. It's one of those things. It's like total trash TV, but one of those things mm. that once you start, you just, you have to see it through because you're yeah. on edge at the end of every single episode. So I was just letting Netflix do its thing and just roll on to the next episode. So uh, annoying. I have to wait because I'm watching it with Danny. So huh? I haven't. it might be the last one. So basically we've seen um, the three weeks where they're with their um, new partners. Okay. And then they've, the three weeks where they go with their old partners. Okay. Um, oh, you've seen both three. So you've seen six weeks of them living. Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. But then there's the next one, I'm guessing. Um, where they... Propose or not? Yeah, where they propose or not, mm. and either ditch their old girlfriends, get with the new or boyfriends, mm. um, or stick. Yeah. Now, I'm rooting for one couple. I'm rooting for one couple. Who do you think I'm rooting for? I. Uh, hmm. Okay. So, uh, knowing you, 
it could be one of two couples. So I'm thinking it, it might be Shanique and Randall, or it might be April and Jake. Now, don't tell me you're rooting for Ray and Jay or whatever their names are. So Jake. And April. Is April, April the one that just doesn't stop? Yeah, who talks about herself in the third person. Oh, and she's so... Uh, and she was like, um, guys, I'm just going to have um, version cocktails because I'm going to go for... Sonogram? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, she said she's taken a pregnancy test or something. <laughs> she just needs to shut up. And oh. someone said exactly what I was thinking. It's like, sis, just go take a pregnancy test and then have a drink. <laughs> she just basically wanted to let that girl know that they've been having sex. And it's yeah, like, yeah, on. yeah. The insecurities jumped out of you. But no, I don't <sighs> want her to be with um, Jake. Jake. Okay, so it's not, it's I... not Opal and Jake. No! She so... said, go do some more learning. So um, Jake. Jake and Jane? Um... Who is it? Ray? So Ray? Ray. Got Ray, Ray. Ray and Jake. You are rooting for them? Yeah. Should oh I not? Oh, gosh. But they look gosh. cute together, and they had all the similarities, and kind oh of look the same. Yeah. Okay. Are you not rooting okay. for them? Just watch it. Watch all of it. Yeah, just, just oh, watch it. Oh, no. He's going to get with April, isn't he? Just watch it. I'm not going to say oh. anything more. You need to watch the end. No spoilers. But, and who's um, that guy with the cowboy hat? Colby. Colby and <laughs> the blonde Ma girl. Madeline. Madeline? Yeah. Yeah, she's just... Oh. I don't under... Mate. These people are just too young. <sighs> Go and live your lives. I don't know. Ten what years. Doing. They're going to cringe and cringe hard at their behaviour. Like, who's looking to get married at 23 years old? Not Who? I. Why? Why? Why are you doing that? Just allow it. And actually setting ultimatums like marry Look. me or not. After two years, marry me or that's it because I have to move on. <laughs> You've all got like 10 years to have fun and play. <laughs> it's just, it's, oh, I, I don't even know. But uh, imagine if your partner asked you to go onto that show. <laughs> like, would you really do it? Like, it in all honesty, would you ever, <laughs> would you ever go onto that show? Any Netflix show, but the ultimatum. That one in particular. So someone was talking about it. No, there was something on Twitter saying, um, you are stuck in the last show or program that you watched. Mm. <laughs> and mine oh. was the ultimatum. Oh. And I literally was like, uh, oh, uh. <laughs> and I was like, okay, my gift would have to be that. Is it kombucha um, drink gift? Like, because mm. <laughs> uh, it sounds like a good idea to you actually think about it yeah to you yeah. actually think about it yeah so, no, no i am so thankful i'm not around that age group and mm -mm. i didn't do any just any programs like that mm -mm. have my whole life exposed mm -mm. no but sh no can i just say mm -mm. one one more thing mm -mm. um shanice shanice it's Shanique. Yeah. The black girl with the picture of herself. Shanique. Shanique sang I Love Your Smile. This is Shanique. Shanique. Um, I don't know what she needs to do. Well, I do. She just needs to calm down. She needs to the whole the F out. Yeah. Baby talk when she was talking to guys and just being all cute and then trying to get their attention with the little two-piece. It's just like 
he's not he's not he's not into you babes he's not and then her actual boyfriend i'm like oh poor thing just leave him just go find someone else so i'm hoping that she doesn't actually get with anyone are you talking about the right person shanique or um are you talking about the blonde one no the black girl who has a dog and she literally is like i'm gonna put some pictures up of um a couple of pictures up and one of them was like a picture of herself next to the bed (laughs) (laughs) i assume that was a picture of herself that was gonna be her sister (laughs) that was very weird and reminded me of we're looking at airbnbs right (laughs) because we're looking to go on holiday and we're trying to find a place and found this really nice looking (laughs) apartment (laughs) but why in every room was there a massive picture of, I presume, the girl who lives in the apartment? Oh, like massive in gosh. every single room. And not just a nice picture of her sitting with her hands on her lap, but like some provocative picture of her bending over or like, like what, why, first of all, like have whatever pictures you want in your house. Like that's your house. You can do whatever you want. But if you're trying to advertise your property on Airbnb, no. You just take them pictures down. That's what oh. you do. I don't want to see that. I don't want my kids to come in and see you <laughs> bending over in a in a thong. Like, what hey. the heck is happening? <laughs> it's, I guess it's just self love, isn't it? See, I mean, it's a bit are, much. you know what? <laughs> I have actually thought about this. Like, you know, um, social media and stuff like that, self promotion, and I've had photo shoots. But I'm like, ah, oh, I like this picture. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to print it. Nah, I'm not having pictures <laughs> of myself and myself only. If I did, it would be in a bedroom or something. Right. To this day, not in I a kitchen. Haven't. No, no. <laughs> okay, so this week we have um, a special guest, mm-hmm. um, Lauren Derrett, the Indeed. founder of Wear um, Out, because um, last week was Earth Week, and just because it was last week doesn't mean we're not um, continuing the whole sustainability, save the world, because that is something that we totally believe in. So it's not just for one week, it's, it's for life. more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for those who don't know, Wear em Out Pant, uh, sorry, Wear em Out um, is a brand that makes um, reusable period pads now before i saw hers i didn't even know these things existed Mm. i mean obviously back in the day in the dark ages when they didn't have actual disposable pads Mm. you would just have like a cloth i guess (laughs) yeah yeah so like them fairy um, nappies yeah like a rag or something Mm. but um we're in 2020 we Mm -hmm. have updated and i actually do um use these um um reusable pads i went mm-hmm. to bed not during the day um so i kind of um use both mm-hmm. yeah um yeah so i'm really um interested in what she's got to say um because not a lot of people talk about periods it's like a whole thing of which it shouldn't be because um how many people in the world have periods not really of the world probably yeah that number yeah um so, yeah, we're going to be talking about periods today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Right. Okay. So, shall we let her in? Let's do it. Hello. Hello, ladies. Oh, I've got my heart is racing. I'm technically challenged and uh, I've got oh. huge, huge imposter syndrome to be here with you today. 
<laughs> oh, bless you. Honestly, it's going to be absolutely fun and fantabulous. And you're not going to run out of things to say because... You know it all. You know all the answers. It's your business. <laughs> Listen, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. That's all we can ask, Lauren. That's exactly. all we can ask. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, Lauren. Um, so we just said briefly um, what you do, creator of Wearem Out reusable period pads. And I was saying before I saw your brand, I didn't know if they actually existed or not. Like I was saying, back in the dark ages, whatever, we would just have <laughs> um, a piece of cloth, a rag or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, 2022, we have pretty ones. We've got little buttons that stay on, which yeah. are um, delightful and completely the opposite to those sticky disposable ones with the wings and they just get caught on your skin and then just end up halfway up your back in the middle of the night it's so <laughs> annoying so annoying and obviously not very good for the planet no it's so very yeah sad. how would you describe um you and what you do to our lovely audience oh god well I'm a little bit uh quirky I'd say that's how I describe myself and yeah I am founder of where I'm out um I'm, I'm running a business in the loosest of terms, girls, I've got to say, because uh, I, I'm winging it every second of every day. Like I said, I have massive imposter syndrome. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how else to explain it other than that, the fear of running your own business in this climate. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, do you know what? It's so funny. The more we talk to people, the more um, you think someone's like really accomplished and they're at the top of their game and they know what they're doing. And then you talk to them, they're like, like, (laughs) we all feel the same thing. And it's such a shame that we do that because like, if we could just see what other people see in us, then we'd be like smashing it. Yes, I'm I'm Mm. on this. But um, unfortunately, that's not I think, yeah, that's why I feel the need to keep it real, you know, because Mm. Instagram is hell of a place for uh, comparisonitis and mm. imposter syndrome and feeling like you're the only one who's not doing all of the things and achieving all the big goals so I think we are duty bound firstly as women because we are so inflicted with this but also as humans to say I'm struggling every day with something and you know and that's okay that's mm. no failure on my part that's mm. life mm. we're human mm. you're obviously doing where I'm at now mm-hmm. this is your business but you haven't done it all your life and you actually came to it quite late, right? So can you tell us a bit of your backstory? How did you Um, get to what you were doing before to where you are now? Jack of all trades, master of none. I think (laughs) my my biggest skill is that I don't fear change and that I'm open to switching things up as and when I feel they need to be. I don't fear judgment of others in that way. Um, I never have, I suppose that's such a blessing, but I left school at 14 uh, because I just did not get on in that environment. I'm not really into education. I'm not an academic at all. I'm far more creative. I struggled with school. I struggled with peer groups. I'm a bit of an introvert. Um, so I left school at that point with absolutely no qualifications and then kind of like just bumbled through the next 10 years and then was married and started having kids young then. Um, so then I was just a mum and doing the Tesco shift at 4am around my kids and all that stuff and taking on loads of different varied jobs. I've been a nanny. I am a qualified hairdresser. That was a year of my life, you know, that I really invested in myself and um, just bounced around being a mum and trying to survive that really. 
then I done this thing, which is where I first met you, Siri, with This Girl Is Enough. It was kind of like just a blog and a, a female empowerment account that I had on Instagram and managed to grow a bit of an audience there. Uh, I'd done events and public speaking and just tried out loads of different things. And then I had this audience and it was kind of like, do I monetize this audience or do I bring a tangible product that this audience would like? And it wasn't for me, the whole vanity project, vanity numbers thing. So I decided I'd bring a product and I've been wearing them for years. Surprising that you say that, Saria, because they have been around. But the thing is, they haven't been in the mainstream. And so that's where I saw there was a hole in the audience of this product. The mainstream weren't being shown it in a way that they would recognize themselves in this product. So we set about bringing reusable pads to the mainstream. Um, and I have so many people saying I didn't know this was even an option. I've been wearing it for eight years. Yeah. Um, so my past audience really merged really nicely with my current one. It's kind of been a natural evolution. Mm. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds incredible. And like the foresight that you had to even think about monetizing the audience that the audience that you'd created so that well, you think- could... Yeah, yeah. we just completely underestimate the amount of energy and work that goes into running those creator accounts, mm. hugely underestimate it. It becomes a full-time job when you've grown an yeah. audience and to keep, I mean, Instagram is a hungry beast. To keep creating <laughs> content, to keep relevant becomes a full-time job. It's not something you just get up and do every 10 minutes. And I had to make a choice at that point to monetize my time somehow. And either I was going to do it with a hashtag ad or I was going to, I'm not creative enough for that. That puts the fear of God in me. Um, or I'm going to have to have an actual product. And so I went down that route, which I don't, I don't think was any easier, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> but you have done it so well. Like, in terms of um, this girl's enough and where I'm out, the transition I've watched, and it's been amazing. You've grown and you have adapted. And I think that's why... Um... I guess people still love you in a way. It's like you can get bored of people. I've like unfollowed people have unfollowed me just because you have changed and it kind of doesn't really work with where you are now. But in terms of reels that have been added, I think a lot of people have struggled with that. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely like people that I guess would have considered themselves creative um, because they kind of just went with what everyone else was doing mm-hmm. you can't really get away with that with reels you can to a certain extent but there's mm-hmm. so many people that do exactly the same thing yeah. that it's like well what's the point what's the difference and that's why i enjoy watching your um your content and your reels because it is it's like a bit of humor you're you're using um the platform to showcase your amazing products and you have done really well so no imposter syndrome please you're doing well you're smashing it and you're on a podcast (laughs) yay i've made it i've made it now i'm done i'm done (laughs) so how important was making your products environmentally friendly um and have you, with that, because we were talking last episode, C has um, her um, products, T-shirt brand and prints. Mm-hmm. And she decided when she's wanted to start it that, you know, it wants, she wants it to be sustainable because you could just go to <coughs> Fruit of the Loom and just reprint <laughs> and, you know, make some money. But mm-hmm. su- yeah, sustainability was something that was quite important to see. So have you faced any challenges, financial or otherwise, creating a sustainable product? Massively, massively. Um, we're not in this country to manufacture a sustainable product in this country. We're not really set up for it yet. So the 
the cost of fact manufacturing a product here are enormous. I could get my product made at a third of the price if I took it out to Turkey, you know. But for us, the UK manufacturing is a sign of quality that I think is important in a product like ours. We need to... Our, our first thing is we need people to trust that our product is going to work. It's not you don't want to be standing in Tesco's bleeding out, you know. And we need to gain that trust with our customers. So the sign of quality for us in the UK was the first one. The problem we have with our product and why it's not completely eco warrior product. Um, if you look at some on the market, they're just made using 100% bamboo, 100% cotton. Brilliant, that's great. But for us, for busy people in life who have to get up and do the J job or chasing the kids around. That, like I said, we need that trust that it's going to work and do what it needs to do for modern life. So we've used microfibers within our products because they're the most absorbent, which means we can keep the pads really thin, but really absorbent. That rubs up a bit with the eco thing because they are microplastics in the microfibers, obviously. But we look at the bigger picture in that the disposables that you're saving, which sit in the UK landfill for up to 800 years, and the lifespan of our pads is about three years. So that's about 792 pads when you've done all the approximate sums. We focus on that, the bigger picture, and also the fact that they're not single-use products. We, also, we talk a lot about where they end up, but we need to focus on where this stuff begins as well. And if you're making a single-use product, the energy that's used, the materials that's used, the transportation to use it is, is as big a problem as what the products are made of and where they end up. So life cycle of a product we're kind of halfway there we're permanently looking at the fabrics that are becoming available which more and more are now um but we have to factor in yeah the functionality of our products so we're kind of half and half but the cost of everything is so much more the eco products a good quality sustainable product is a premium product you know primark are knocking out these period pants but we know how they're being made you know it's for it swings and roundabouts, but it's by far the hardest kind of product, I think. And also to sell it because not everybody's on the eco train yet. You know, you can't, it's not a fruit of the loom t-shirt that you can knock out really cheap that everybody's just throwing away. It's it's an investment piece, an eco product. And um, it's quite a hard sell. And then throw in the period shame element as well. I'm really up against it, quite frankly. <laughs> I'm selling a, a really hard product. The first bit of what you were saying there around putting out a product that you want to be sustainable and you want to be um, a quality product. I think a lot of, well, I'll, I'll talk for myself um, and, and people I know, a lot of people who want to enter that kind of market, they're like, right, it's got to meet this standard. It's got to be like top, top notch. Like no one can knock this. Everything about this has to be sustainable and eco and green. But sometimes you do have to compromise. And I think it's really good to acknowledge that. And, and here's mm. someone, a business owner like you, saying that it's mm. it's okay to do that because it is bigger picture. And and if you're pulling, putting out a product that you're paying tons of money to produce just to make sure that it meets your high, high standard, but no one's willing to buy it, you mm. can't afford to continue the manufacturing, like you're going to finish before you've started. So It's, like, it's exactly that. And steps. also, I kind of live by the... I'm eco-curious, I'm not eco-worried, which means I'm just curious about <laughs> offsets that I can make in my everyday life that don't disrupt my life too much because we're here yeah. once. I'm very aware of that. I don't want to live in a wigwam sewing my own clothes. <laughs> I don't want to do that, but I want to do my bits where I can. So making it accessible for more people 
not closing out a whole audience just because they don't live that style of lifestyle you're basically removing that product from so many people i'm to my audience that i'm talking to are just dabbling with offsets this is a huge offset that you can make really simply we all use period products every month and we use a lot of them um and so if you just if all you've done was changed out your period products you're making a massive impact already you know so i think we all need to respect the 50 shades of green which is what it is we've got a huge spectrum we're all sitting on and allow people to sit where they want on the spectrum because actually ultimately it's their life and i'm not here to judge how they live it here's mm. an option should you want to try it but you know i'm not going to call people out on wearing disposables yeah yeah and that's the thing it's like it's kind of a sense of do what you can because at the end of the day mm. we're only a small minute part of the bigger problem it exactly. is the massive corporations and you know the oil companies and blah, 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 blah. if they all banded together then we would see significant change mm. so yeah we can only do so much and like you said we've only got a certain amount of money I don't want to be living in a wigwam. And yeah, I will. Yeah, I can grow some potatoes, but realistically, to feed my family, how many potatoes do I need to grow? Right. Some plus killing my own pigs and cows and all of that. I'm not going to be doing it realistically. Love we have to. Have yeah. got time. We have to be honest. And, and if people were less judgmental around this conversation, I'm sure there'd be far more smaller changes being made. It's about your own conscience and your own levels of guilt. You know, if something it irks your conscience and you're like, actually, I could probably change that out. Have a look mm. around at how you could do that with your budgets and your time restraints and, and you know, just the way you live your life. I've got two girls um, and they will, without trying to, tell their business like one of them is at the stage where she is having to use period products mm -hmm. and um i have um like been really worried about this happening and, and how we're going to manage it and and what products they're going to use because i remember when i was younger there was um the pressure to use tampons because like tampons are so much cooler than pads like who wants to wear big pads and then always came out with the wings and everyone's like oh my god you have to have always because they've got the wings and like, <laughs> so there was all of this kind of thing going on and and then there was always that consciousness about not wanting to be leaking in tesco's like you said or whatever mm -hmm. so i've been it's been at the front of my mind for a long time so now she's there and um i i guess i I do wear the um, reusables like Saria and it's fine for me because I'm an adult and I can, it doesn't gross me out to have to hand wash um, a, a reusable pad and all of that. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm fine with it. But I spoken to my daughter about making Ooh. the move and she's just like no like why no i just want i want what my friends are wearing like i, I just want I, I want the stuff they're giving me um and that's really easy for me to use so my question is how have you been able to promote the reusables to that younger audience who just want it to be quick easy throw it away like get on with my day and has it been a challenge at all well, I've got a daughter as well, um, and she had to walk this path with me because I was already wearing the reusables as well. So I've been in your situation completely. And I think like anything trying to educate young people, you've got to let you listen. You've just got to give them the information and let them make their own decisions. And as well, with no judgment, you know, some kids aren't going to want to do it. And that's OK. But if you give them options of how to do it, 
So I have people that message me saying, oh, she's really worried about wearing them at school. And I say, don't force her to wear them at school then. You know, mm. I, I don't think I would have wanted to juggle that at school. There's two conversations to have with the young people here is that like um, do it your own way, whether you just wear reusables in the house, whether you just wear them at night. The more they wear them, the more they'll get used to them and feel confident with them. And then that leads on. This is the very start of their journey. Secondly, also, it's a great opportunity to talk to them about the shame around periods and their bodies, because if, we, if they're starting off with this conversation that that's gross, they're going to have to overcome that conversation at some point. So it's the perfect opportunity to say, do you know what? There's nothing gross about it. I hate to break it down, but you wipe your own backside. Do you know what I mean? Um, the blood thing, you say you use them, it can feel a bit icky. And I remember how it felt when I transitioned over to reusables. My friend was like, you need to try them. I was like, don't be so gross. What is wrong with you? <laughs> we just throw it in the bin and let someone else deal with it, right? I don't yeah. want to see this stuff. But the first couple of times you're a bit, oh, easier to do it in the shower because it yeah. you know, mm. feels much more natural to just hold it under the shower. It's a lot quicker to wash them out. But um I think back to your original question, it's about doing it as gently as they want to do it, giving them all options. So pants, cups, pads, you know, you don't have to just farm them one thing. It can be like, well, if you just feel more comfortable in the, the pants, get those. My daughter started, she was on the tampons with her friends and she saw me and I just left them lying around and she made this natural transition. And now she's in a cup. She wears a cup mostly mm -hmm. um, and then a pad as a backup. But it's their life and it's their business. But have two conversations with them because they'll both benefit them going forward it's funny you say that because when i was in school i'm trying to think it was many moons ago um <laughs> not as many as me <laughs> <laughs> my friends weren't they all started before me so i was kind of left in the dark and i didn't really have conversations with my family it was like you know hush hush mm. and like, i remember actually starting my period and being like Ma'am, I started my period. She's like, okay, and I like, chucked me some pads, and like, that was it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, so yeah, I only, I think I wore disposable pads. I think I was interested in the concept of um, tampons, but none of my friends were wearing them. I think there was a weird thing of like, well, um, just come, just splicing the element of having sex with tampons, which I don't. It's such a weird thing. Like you said, it's everyone's own. Yeah, it's like, well, you shouldn't be using tampons because that means you've lost your virginity. It's like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, it is a very individual thing. And I guess it that really does is. go down to period shaming and even. Yes. Mm. And actually, I was going to say, if you look at social media, current trends now as well, look at the clothes the girls are wearing now. You know, I mean, the swimsuits on Love Island don't leave very much to the imagination. You're not gonna, you're not gonna get away much in them. You can probably see the bloody tampons in them, to be quite honest. Yeah. But, um, oh, but sorry, it's sorry. true. <laughs> but, but see, the, watch it. Fashion, I mean, I don't watch it, my daughter. But the fashions have changed so much. There's mm. that that maybe it's the trend to wear smaller menstrual products because your clothes are tighter true. and you know. I didn't but, think of that. Because cups are a big thing. Menstrual cups are a big thing. Yeah. There's a market for it. So I think, yeah. Yeah, I tried a cup. Um, yeah, I put these nails and stuff. It was, <laughs> no, it was not. I learned getting my head around a tampon um, when I was younger. And again, no one else had any advice or anything. It was just like, read the box. Is this correct? Yeah. And just got better at it. So yeah. yeah, it is just an individual thing. It's your individual journey. Mm -hmm. If you're lucky enough to have amazing parents like you two who had the conversations, <laughs> that's when I think um, 
yeah, you'll you'll just fly by. You'll just do a lot better. And yeah, stop the whole shaming because you should yeah. have conversations with your children, regardless of their gender. Regardless. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my nine-year-old son, he obviously, we run the business from home and he is, sees nothing wrong with me mm. having periods and having pads laying around the house. He's mm. pretty cool with it. In fact, I found one in a toy box once that he'd uh, <laughs> snapped off. It. it was a new one. I don't know what his time was with it, but uh, there was one kicking around his room somewhere. So it's, it's perfectly natural in my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Maybe some kind of spaceship or something. Or, um, a little nice. quilt. Yes. <laughs> Very little Cuteness. quilt. Cuteness. Cuteness. <laughs> you were saying that you actually used to use them back in the day. Um, how did you find out about them? Well, because my friend at the time who, and I don't want to stereotype, but she probably agree with me, is quite happy. And, um, <laughs> always the I hippies. Mean, <laughs> God love the hippies. They introduce us to all the cool stuff, right? Yeah. So, she was um she was just saying to me, Oh, I use these. And I think literally they were like I know because they were the brand that I moved to were like just a slab of material, like you said at the top yeah. there, Maria, just like a yeah. wad of fabric. The thing is about what I've done with our design is I've completely streamlined it. I've nailed it. I've taken the because I was a padware for like five years, I knew everything that me as a modern woman with a busy lifestyle needed from a pad. So when we mm. went to design process and we had a brilliant designer. It was it was about nine months in design this pad just to make sure that it got everything in it that we needed. Um, but yeah, she introduced me to it, and she was so like one of those kind of controversial hippies, which I just love because they open your mind. And she was just all for it, and I was just like, "Don't be so gross! What is wrong with you? We don't need to do that anymore." And actually, people say that to me on Facebook because it's such a beautiful environment over there. We don't need to do this anymore. We've got disposables now. You know why do we need to go backwards? Oh, look what we've done to the planet. Don't make me swear, girls, but you know, look. Yeah. What let's not stay in the now. Let's start looking at how it used to be and why there wasn't as much damage to the planet back then. Yeah, mm. it's funny you say that though, because landfills in my head. That's so 80s. Landfills. <laughs> but it's true. It's like, right, we've got a lot of rubbish. Let's just dig a hole and mm-hmm. put it in there. It's like, well, we don't really need to do that anymore, people. We, we actually we don't, don't. We don't need to. But 200,000 200, tonnes of just menstrual waste wow. goes to landfill per year. And it sits there for up to <gasps> Yeah, per year in the UK only. Imagine yeah. America. Um, I mean, it's just... The whole world's floating in tampons and pads, babes. You know, it's just a situation. So look at the, the rise of homelessness and everything else. And mm-hmm. every, it's like, okay, right. Think about it logically. Would you not prefer to have the extra land to live? It's I mean, common sense here. Or clean sea. Wanna... Yeah. Clean sea to swimming. Yeah. 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 That's oh. the thing that gets me. When you see these videos of all of these sea creatures who are getting mm. choked out from mm. tampons and, and pads and all of that. It's like, Please don't flush them. Nobody flush these products and wet wipes and contact lenses and earbuds. This stuff will not break down. It will go into the oceans and people are still flushing tampons and pads all the time. Don't do it. And wet wipes, they don't break down. So just, yeah. And again, common sense, even if you weren't like thinking of the the long-term effects, like not me personally, but like someone's like, oh yeah, it's just one more thing added to the landfill. Would you not think, hold on, this gets stuck in my toilet, then I have to pay. Yes. Do you not think of that? I'm thinking about my head around people Mm -hmm. that aren't really 
thinking of the grand scheme of things. Mm. Like even in a selfish way, if I flush this tampon, it's going to clog up my toilet and then I'm going to have to call a plumber and it's going to cost me money. Well, not even that, but on a larger scale, the water companies are, are desperate for people to stop flushing because it all just creates these big, I mean, big masses in the sewers. This is mm. what you're paying on your water bills to, to keep yeah. unblocking all this stuff. Mm. It's just unnecessary. Mm. It's really <clears throat> unnecessary. Gosh. Yeah. And you've, you've just reminded me that there was a time when people did just flush those things. Yeah, like when I you'll first say, started. yeah, 100%. <laughs> Went down the toilet. Yeah. But it, I mean, how big of a deal is it to... Uh, okay, so what we're not trying to do is promote disposables, but if you are using disposables, <laughs> use them just, wisely. Yeah, yeah, use them wisely. Yeah, yeah. it's not totally. difficult, guys. No. What about then? Um, going back to my kids because it's all about me and my children. <laughs> so at school, what I've, what I've noticed now is that my now my oldest has started. Um, sometimes she'll forget to put um her pads in her bag, mm. and um she gets to school and they they give out pads, and I've noticed that they are very good name brand quality so i'm assuming that these brands are paying to advertise in the schools or whatever and that's why they're giving them out mm -hmm. um but they um so she'll come home with a big box full of, of stuff and it'll last her for however god knows long but um it, it's it's i would imagine you're trying to compete with the big disposable brands they've got the money to put them into the schools schools need mm -hmm. money to buy books and equipment and resources and all of that kind of stuff like what mm -hmm. is there any way that we can support schools at all um and get them off that disposable train and onto the reusables but without brands like you having to lose a ton of money because you're donating mm. to schools like what it, how have you, have, you thought about that? have you had to deal with that well, it is. It's a really challenging one. I know some governments or some counties are. I know our county. I'm in Essex, and they are having a grant for. They bought up loads of reusables, and you can go buy through them at discounted rates. Okay. They're trying to make it more accessible, and I'm sure some schools do have them to give out. But maybe that's like in the upper years. I haven't done a lot of work around this because, like you say, we can't compete with the disposable ones. Mm. We've got an educational pack that we've put together, which is a PDF with the hows and whys, not just about pads, but about all menstrual reusable products. And then they get a sample pack, and we've discounted it right down to as much as we can. Basically, we're giving them what, you know, with us not making any money. Um, it's a bigger conversation, though, because the thing is with moving from disposables to reusables is that all those questions that come up. You know, everybody knows disposables. We've trusted in them for so long it's a whole nother conversation. We've done a survey and it takes between four months some approximately for people to see our product, product and then commit to buying it. I'm selling for four months before they jump. So it's not as simple as here, take this, take it home, use it. That opens up a whole new level of what the hell's, you know, and I don't think the schools have got the time to convince people of that. And I don't think they've got the money to invest in that because like you say, always are probably throwing them for free. If that's the brand you're talking about, whatever brand, um, because they make them for cheap as chips, you know, it, it costs them nothing to make those things. So I don't feel that that's my competition because I'm not looking there yet. I'm not in a position to do that. I've got bigger fish to fry right now, but I we have got the pack together should anybody approach us. 
Um, but I think the biggest, the thing, this is a, a consumer problem. We all need to have these conversations, whether you're a disposable wearer, a tampon wearer, having conversations about options of menstrual products and making those options available to the next generation so that they can make informed choices, I think is the only way we're really going to create change is to, to have the conversations in the first place. And throwing them something at school the kid might take it home to the parents i i have kids so my mum won't buy me them i want them she won't buy me them because she's so disgusted by the idea wow. it's just so much bigger than than that than giving them two options it's a it's a whole conscious shift mm. yeah um, that's true because as i said when i was in school my friends didn't use tampons because their parents were the ones that are saying well no girls like you don't wear them yeah. it's like it's kind of like the parents making the decisions so yeah in terms of schools if i had the knowledge in terms of i don't know what it's called psc i don't know what they call it nowadays whatever Mm -hmm. they should be having the conversations about every single thing that is available Mm -hmm. to them so they can actually make an informed choice for Mm -hmm. themselves that's definitely important so yeah i think i think they do i think they do maybe talk about them but like I said, it's a hard sell, a reusable. It's not just yeah. a, these are your options. It's these are why you've got these different yeah. options. And this option teaches does this and this and this and this. And then if they send them home with an always, you've already sealed the deal. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. it's, it all feels a bit pointless at that point. But yeah, the conversation amongst the communities at large is what's going to make the difference, I think. Mm. But you're saying you can, we can access a PDF on your website and that can be shared with schools? Yeah, if they email me from their school accounts, um, okay. then they can have that, yeah. We're okay. happy to put that in um, the blog um, or the show notes if oh, you cool. um, would like. Um, so, yeah, listeners, you. you can just find that information, um, send mm-hmm. you straight to Lauren's um, website, and you can find all the details there. Thank you. Lauren Derrick is the founder of Wear em Out, a reusable period pad brand that is changing the way people period. Lauren is a master of reinvention and has shamelessly reinvented herself many times over her 48 years. After leaving school at 14 to starting her first business age 40, Lauren has had a zillion jobs in between and is ever curious of what her next move looks like. Now running an established brand who has stocked a next online alongside many, many independent physical and online stores, Lauren credits her success to be being open to the lessons that failure brings and being able to pivot with a moment's notice. Period products are now using like red instead of blue when they are showing that, but like absorbency and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't TV. know. Yeah, well, some of them they've they've moved oh. to the red. Um, so there was a big backlash against her. Like, why the hell are you making out the blood is blue when it's not? It's like actually red. Mm-hmm. So is, is that is that is that a relevant? Um, consideration for you lauren when you're advertising your product um does that go to the period shaming piece i think i i love the fact that people have stood up and <clears throat> shouted loud enough they've created change i love that that's not what i'm about it's just, i'm not an activist in that way i'm glad that other people do do it mm. it was necessary because yes it completely feeds into the shame completely like we can't even see the color on the but the next advert will be erectile dysfunction in those words you know you're like we can can say erectile but we can't show period blood so yes that needed to happen my audience aren't really down with seeing that on my stuff you know Mm. I had a call with a, a girl about doing some social media videos for me 
And she was like, I would just draw the line, though, at, like, showing any blood. And I was like, babe, you know, that's not a requirement of the role. We, I, I don't, that's not our style of marketing, but I'm glad yeah. that it's happened. Yeah. Sure. yeah that's the thing, it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to. And, yeah, the whole blue thing did confuse me as a kid because it was just like, I don't, understand what this is what is that water what i don't know but yeah yeah, there's loads of things that there's loads of way to market um period um products and not everyone has to do the same thing it's like the whole um free bleeding um Mm -hmm. type of um what form of doing your period what and the hell is free bleeding oh what are you talking about what do you mean exactly what i'm saying what do just you think? bleeding free. just bleeding all bleeding. over the place what are you talking about <laughs> yeah just free See, you need some more hippie friends or at least one you do. It opens one. your mind. Can, your can mind. you break yeah. it down, please? I need to understand what the so hell it's just, about. It's just the concept of not using anything and just letting it flow, right, Lauren? Yeah, absolutely. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah. Again, okay. not something I'm here for. Not something I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. But what do you do? Will... Do you go out? <laughs> you just go out. <laughs> and... <laughs> I can't right. be quiet. I need to shout. This is crazy. So yeah. you, do you, you just walk about the place like. Don't stay in your house gonna, while you're free. I'm going to tell you, see. Oh, my gosh. Okay, please tell me, tell me. So, <laughs> I sometimes like to free bleed, but I'm very considerate of others. So, if the boys are away and daddy's away and no one else is in the house, then I won't use anything. But it doesn't mean I'm bleeding all over the place. I might be sitting down. Um, I'll wear pajamas that I don't mind getting a bit dirty or whatever. But what about your sofa? Yeah. No. Well, no. I usually like lie on bed or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when I'm sitting down, it doesn't just gush out. If you kind of have yeah. to get to the toilet quick, and maybe you might um, drip a couple of places. <laughs> um, but then I, I just clean it up. See, it's natural. Whatever. And I don't do it all the time. So yeah, I have different methods depending on my mood. And me personally, I, um. I actually find that my periods are a bit different when I'm just free bleeding. So obviously I'll just go into the shower and clean up and stuff like that. Yeah. I did notice that when I used to use like pads and disposables, um, that disposable pads, sorry, that my periods would be a lot heavier. And apparently Mm -hmm. there's something to do with the chemicals in that. Cause I don't really think, Oh, there's a pad. It's got loads of chemicals in it. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. duh. of course it's got chemicals in it. Um, mm-hmm. what is what are those chemicals doing to you? So yeah, mm-hmm. I um switch it up now and again. Wow, you go, you do you, babe. <laughs> you do you. Love but it. Yeah, not for everybody, and it's not no. an everyday occurrence. If I'm having a very heavy period, obviously it's like, well, can't be doing that today. So yeah, it's usually like beginning or end kind of thing. I just okay. prefer it. I'm free. Okay. Free. <laughs> Yeah, she's a wild one. She she's a wild one, is the I did say when I'm like um, in my sixties, I'm gonna be that hippie. I'm gonna have my commune, yeah, my chickens, um, nice. the muffin yeah. laced with things that shouldn't be laced with. That it'll be totally legal in in in. By then, yeah, let's hope. Yeah, let's hope. yeah, yeah. I'll be that hippie. No, you know, like I was gonna 
come and join you for a bit. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm rethinking that now. I might. I'll, I'll, I'll come and visit maybe on the other, like in between periods. I'll, I'll come and hang out. Boom, boom. <laughs> I didn't even get that. That was such a good pun. I didn't even get it. It wasn't even intended. Yeah. Discover the reusable period pad that's good for you and good for the planet. Let's create a habit where we all wear them out rather than throw them out. Find them online at wearemout.co.uk. You can also find them on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. What in the world? Um, a recent um, headline in The Guardian said, the cost of living crisis has been exacerbated by period poverty, charities say. Um, so period poverty, again, I guess it's just not really something I already thought about back in the day. It's like, well, everyone has a period. But in my mind, I was like, well, why do we actually have to pay for these things? Surely they should be free because it's not like we have a choice in a Mm -hmm. way. And it's like, it's totally natural. We have to do it. Mm -hmm. Like if you can't, if you have a certain budget, Mm -hmm. you have to eat, you have to drink. So then what about those products that you might need? A charity that provides period products to those unable to buy them otherwise found Mm -hmm. there was a 78 percent increase in demand for their products during the first quarter of 2022 Mm -hmm. compared to the same period in 2020 rising from 7452 packs of period products to 13284 so um i think this charity they provide period products to people that can't afford it so i guess mm-hmm. um in food banks and stuff like that so again we were saying in terms of saving the planet, Captain Planet and all that, there's only so much us mere mortals can do. We can't be 100% sustainable. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a neon light there. I like it. Apologies. I'm paying for it. Um, <laughs> but I do my part. Right. So I was just wondering, what can we do to help personally? Uh, it's such a massive, massive topic. And um, it's so emotive. But I think I'm all for donating uh disposables i'm not against disposables that you can get disposables for like pence now in the supermarkets if that's what you need to do that's what you need to do no judgment from anyone um i i know there's um the hygiene bank which is like the food bank but it's for hygiene stuff uh they've aligned to boots so i think they've now got like drop-off points at boot stores where you can go and buy disposables and put them in the things with everything in the world, there's different price brackets for products and you make it work in whatever way you need to do. We offer a um, donate a pad option on the website. A lot of our customers throw in a donate a pad into their basket alongside their own order. And what we do is we collect all those pads together. Yesterday, I took 385 pads to um, a, my friend who's doing a collection for Ukraine We've given, I think there was 400 donated to Choose Love when the um, Afghan refugees came over. We've got uh, a partner that ship that we used to work alongside with. Um, they work in secondary schools in uh, uh, Tanzania. So we were giving them and we've got another 300 to give to them when I next see Phil, the founder of that. So we are doing our bit where we can with the reusables. We have to factor in with reusables, though, as far as homeless people go and things like that. The facility is to be able to clean the product. Mm, um, so that's that's something you need to. It's not as easy as just going giving a, a homeless person a reusable pad because they've got to be able to have the place to facilities to clean them hygienically. Mm-hmm. Um, so in those instances, thank God for disposables. You know they're what we need. 
if you wanted to use reusables but are on a budget, you know, I'm not here to hard sell. eBay sell them, Amazon sell them. You can get them much cheaper. Primark are doing the pants now. The quality is probably not all there. And obviously, the sustainability isn't going to be all there. But if that's your only option, and that means you don't have to rely on disposables, do your thing. You know, there are lots of choices. But find donation drop-off points. I don't know about food banks. Have they taken the food banks? I don't um, know. So there's a food bank, sorry, food bank near me that um, it's not just food. You can donate anything. Uh, and everything. Okay, but perfect. I think because they don't advertise it, people mm, don't know. So it's like a think box to. in the corner. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a case of just asking, would you like these things? But I've never heard of a hygiene bank. The hygiene no. bank. Go and give them a follow over on all the socials. They're doing great things. And they're popping up all over the place. They've got, like, subsidiary groups and that they're taking uh, all, hy- all hygiene products that they go and give out to people in need. So that's a great one to bear in mind. But I just don't know. You, We know that, you know, women-led problems aren't the top priority for change. We know this. This is this is something that we all have to put up with. They should be free. So should toilet paper, quite frankly, if we're talking about, you know, um, people's dignity and stuff. Um, yeah. But it's about helping as you can. You know, if you're someone who shops with us and you're buying a premium product, chances are you can probably afford to donate a pad at a very discounted price to chuck in your basket that we then pass on to people who need them. The box that went to Ukraine yesterday, um, what we do as well is we get the care instructors. You know Tetiana, don't you? Yes, Tetiana. we had her on a show uh-huh. few, um, a few exactly. weeks ago. Yeah, so Tetiana translated our care instructions into Ukrainian for us. We print oh. them off. They go with the pads. So we make sure they're accessible to whichever group they're going to. Um, and everybody just do their bit. If you want to donate, go and buy a pack, a pack and put them in your Tesco's trolley as you leave, you know, like they're collecting thing. Hmm. Um, it's, it's a community effort, right? Definitely. Yeah, I love that. And I also love the fact that... Um, well, you're advocating that we shouldn't ever be so staunch about sustainability and saving the planet that we can't realise that there are people in need that we mm-hmm. need to support and, and that support can come in whatever the best way to support Absolutely. them is. You know, and the people that can afford to do it, do it then. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And the people that can't afford to do it, don't feel bad about that, you know. Yeah. But the people, the, the people with the money really should be the ones creating some change around that. Wow. Same we'll bang story, that but... right <laughs> let's not get too down in the political drip down <laughs> right so last section of the show is words of advice and this is where we get our guests to offer some words of advice based on their years of experience and wisdom gained in their field of specialism. So, Lauren, <laughs> you have a sustainable business and um, you're doing fantastic things. What environmental considerations would you advise someone to be aware of if they were thinking about starting their own small business? I think the biggest consideration you have to get is manufacturing. You need to, you know, I can go to my factory. I can see them being made. I I, I see my supply chain. I know they're being paid properly. That has to be the first port. That comes at a price to factor that into your margins because, you know, that's going to take it. You're going to take a hit for that. And I think just be really open to the idea of this eco-curious rather than eco-warrior. You know, we're not going to be able to fix it on our own. It's 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 about giving people options and letting them do with them options what they want. I think, you know, some eco brands can be quite judgmental and 
shut down a lot of audience that would have made that change if they hadn't felt they'd been judged in their decision making. You know, it's World Earth Day and I'm wearing double denim, which is a really bad for the environment material. But I'm open about that and I'm like, well, I'm doing other things. Um, Stay open, don't judge and really check your margins, (laughs) I think would be my advice. Brilliant. Thank you. Brilliant. Amazing. Thank you so much. So we've come to the end of our show. It's It's gone so quickly. And every time I'm like, oh. You know what? We have to have them back because there's so many more questions we could talk about and so many more things. Every time. Every so, time. thank you, Lauren. Um, where can our listeners find you if they wanted to follow you on social media, read about your story and your journey, and follow that? Uh, we are at Wearamout Pads. So, people see it as We Are Mount. So, whatever you want. Uh, Wearamout Pads on Facebook, on Instagram. And my website is wearemout.co.uk. Fantastic. And as I said before, we're going to put all the relevant information in the show notes and on the blog. Thank you so much, Lauren. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me on. I feel much calmer now. Good. Ah, (laughs) Enjoy the rest of your day. Right? (laughs) Take care. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Women Who Be Brand, the podcast. Honest and humorous conversations about the transitional phases people experience to grow, start over or rebrand to become their most authentic selves. Hosted by former mummy bloggers Sarita Fontaine and Chioma Olaleye and guest featuring professional rebranders. The podcast covers starting over at different stages of life, championing personal growth, aka a personal rebrand.